out the last couple of weeks. Hebrews chapter 10. Glory to God. Are you expecting? Amen. I'm excited. Hallelujah. So we've been ministering, teaching along the subject of faith and really just, just getting started. Just getting started. So we've got two messages under our belt on this series that we're calling Living by Faith. Living by Faith. And you can go back to our podcast channel, our website, and catch up with us if you've missed any of those. It'd be a great blessing to you. We've really been talking for the last couple of weeks about faith is a lifestyle. And that, uh, that God has chosen and ordained the life of faith for His children. Living by faith is the will of God for you. Living by faith is God's choice for you and for me. Amen. Why is that? Well, because it's only by living by faith that we can overcome what we're going to face in this life. You know, the richest people among us the Elon Musks, the, the Bezos, all of those folks, the Bill Gateses, they will face things in life, their influence, their money, their clout, their brains, their financial accounts will not be able to help them overcome. Sickness, disease, tragedies, you know, all, all these kinds of different things. Uh, praise God. Money's good and uh, mon- money, money's helpful. God wants you to have some money. That's not my sermon this morning, but, uh, but it's the, the ticket that's going to help you overcome anything and everything, spiritually, naturally, physically, socially, relationally, everything is that we have learned to be skillful in walking by faith. We may turn there later, but I'll go ahead and quote it in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. We're here in Hebrews, but it says, For faith, for this is, excuse me, this is the victory that what? overcomes the world, even our faith. Or as many translations say, your faith. So we want to live every day in faith and by faith because that's what turns us into overcomers. None of us are getting a free ride through life. None of us are immune to the storms and the challenges and the problems that life will bring. Brother Hagan, Kenneth E. Hagan, he used to say this, about the time you think you're a big faith man, something's going to come along and happen. Your head will be all, all of a sudden where your feet used to be a moment before, and then we'll find out what kind of faith person you really are. <laughs> Amen. But see, if you have faith, it doesn't matter what punch you, you know, life throws at you. You're able to take that punch and then overcome it. It is faith that helps us overcome mental illness. It is faith that helps us have a sweet marriage. It is faith that helps us get our kids raised up and in the plan of God. It is faith that keeps our bodies healed. It is faith, living by faith, that overcomes all of the opportunities life and the enemy is going to have for us to have an accident or a tragedy that would injure us or kill us or any of those. We're redeemed. But it's by faith that we overcome. Are you interested? We need to learn, amen, how to walk by faith. How to live by faith. 
one of my best friends is in the ministry, and he was enjoying some presence with, you know, presence with God and hanging out with God and meditating in the Word. And God spoke up, as He often will of anyone that's hanging out with Him. And He said, uh, He said to my friend, He said, uh, Son, uh, do you know why most of my children here in America don't walk by faith? And He said, Well, yeah, I'd like to know. He said, Well, most of them don't have to. He said they have medical insurance, they have credit cards, easy access to loans. They have many, many crutches that they've learned to lean on. Yeah. If you take your credit card away, take your health insurance away, take all these crutches away. And this is why over in foreign countries, our brothers and sisters in foreign countries are kicking our boots behind in the faith life because they have to live by faith. If they're going to live, if they're going to eat, they're going to be healed. They're going to get that from the great physician. And we're grateful for the things that we have in our society. But we ought not lean on those things and put our trust in those things. Why? I, you know, listen, I have health insurance, that kind of, but I'm not putting my faith in that. I'm, not, I'm certainly not putting my faith in doctors. I'm not against doctors. I'm kind of, I could become more against because the medical, I, I don't even want to go down that road with you. It's just, there's some very sweet and sincere people in there, but the whole system is really against you in many ways. But see, if you learn to receive your healing by faith... I mean, by faith in Him, I mean. Well, there's no failure there. He, God, cannot fail. God cannot lie and He cannot fail. Amen. Well, anyway, praise God. Today we're going to go on and advance a little bit uh, in this. But let's read what we've been reading before. We're in Hebrews chapter 10. And I've got my Amplified with me here, as, long, as well as my King James Bible. I want to read verse, beginning in verse 35 from the Amplified, so it may read a little bit different. So it says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Really, he's saying, don't cast aside your faith. Because if you'll hold fast to your faith, it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Verse 36 says, For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. For still a little while, a very little while, and the coming one will come and he will not delay. But the just shall live by faith. Amplified says, My righteous servant shall live by his conviction. Amen. Respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, so forth and so on. Then it says, And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, oh, my soul, God's soul, has no delight or pleasure in him. Wow. I want to be a delight to my Father. I want Him to be pleased with me. I want my life to be pleasing to Him. 
Well, that's not just accomplished by what we would call good works. And we were singing about it in that first song this morning. One of the greatest ways you and I could bring glory to God is by having faith in Him. That's right. That's right. Faith glorifies God. Well, doubt doesn't. Unbelief doesn't. And so when pressures come, and they will, if we cast aside our faith and we shrink back from what we had begun to believe, then God says, my soul's not pleased with that. I'm not pleased in that person who shrinks back into doubt, fear, worry, anxiety, and unbelief when pressure comes, when circumstances, when it gets hot in the kitchen in life. And we, and how many of us, we just are so quick, I think we've all done it at times, to get in our feelings and get in our emotions and uh, cry and worry and doubt and fear, and we think God understands. God does not understand. God is merciful. He is very compassionate. But He expects us to trust Him at all times. At all times. No matter what. No matter what. And He's worthy of that kind of trust. He's worthy of that kind of confidence. Now many of us, we've been burned before. We've put, we've misplaced our faith Sometimes I have. I, I have thought someone in the church maybe could handle a task or a job or an assignment, and but my faith in them was misplaced. I mean they're bad, but just they they just didn't they just didn't perform. They they just didn't they were not faithful or they were not skillful. They were not good. Whatever my faith in them was misplaced. We've all we've all had misplaced faith in people, right? right? But when you place your faith in God, that's never misplaced faith. Amen. Has never misplaced faith. He will never let you down. He will never let you down. And I don't care what's you've heard testimonies, tales of woe, th- hard things that have happened in your life or your family, where it looks like and religion painted this picture like God chose not to come through for you. Or that God did let you down. I'm, I'm telling you with great authority, God did not let you down. We've all had things not, I've had things not turn out the way I wanted them to turn out. Not, I wanted my mom to live and not die. At 58 years old, I have a lot of scripture. She should not, it was not the will of God for her to die that young. And uh, there are things about that situation I'm sure I don't understand. But I'm squared away in my thinking on this. God didn't decide he wanted her home at 58 in violation of his own word. God does not change. The Bible says a man's year shall be 70 or if reason of strength 80. And really that's, that's the minimum. You know, after the flood, God reduced man's lifespan to 120. That's right. That's right. 
So, you know, anyone that leaves this planet prior to 70 left early. Yes. Doesn't mean they were bad, but they left before God would have wanted them to. And really, it's not, God, why didn't you? That's the wrong question. It's the wrong question. We all have questions, don't we? But we need to ask the questions right. The right question would be, God, what prevented you from being able to heal my mom? Because I, I know what your will is. I'm not wondering. I'm well established and rooted in the Word of God about what the Word, what His will is in that area. And yet, it was not performed in her life. So the question is, God, what prevented you? What kept you from being able to fulfill that promise in her life? And there are answers to that, but that's the right question. Anything that points our finger in accusing God and laying the responsibility of horrible things happening in God's lap is wrong. God is good. Everyone say that out loud. God is good. And you don't have to have a a theology degree to understand what good is. You know what good is. And you know what bad is, right? So anyway, well, you remember these, all of our books in the Bible, they were not originally written in chapter and verse. Man came along much later and gave them for reference sake. It's easier to navigate a book like that. So this, this, you know, uh, verse 39 flows right in, right into the next thought. Amen. Chapter, what we call chapter 11. So look at, look at this now. It says, now faith. So he's just told us we are never to cast aside our faith, no matter what things look like. And if we do, God's not pleased with us if we draw back for any reason from belief. And now he's going to tell us what faith is. And that's what we want to spend a few minutes on this morning. Getting a handle on what faith is. You know, it's like money. If you know what money is, and you know how to get money... Man, you're 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 a long way down the road to where you need to be, right? I mean, I know what money is, and I know how to get money, and I know how to spend money. Man, I'm 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 a fur piece down the road in the financial realm. Well, if you know what faith is, you can identify it. You know what faith is, and you will, you know what the counterfeit for faith is. You can recognize faith. You know when you're in faith, and you know when you're not. Amen. And then you know how to use your faith. You know how to get it. You know what it is. And you know how to use it. Wow. You've really come a long way. And that's, that's the goal for us in this series is to gain ground in this. Okay, I've got, I got some scattered response through there that's good. But the majority of you needs to wake up with me a little bit. I'm doing better preaching than you are amening. I humped 50 pounds through 37 miles of mountain and rock and stone, and I'm here excited. So I don't know what your problem is. (laughs) Hallelujah. Telling you, the Word of God will work for you when you get excited about it. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So in verse 11, chapter 11, verse 1, he says, Now faith is. I like that. Now faith is. Notice the word faith is sandwiched between two present tense words. Now and is. So we see right there that faith is not future. We're, we're, we're believing God to get a handle on what faith is. Well, Bible faith is never future. So if you're, whatever it is you're wanting God to do for you, if you're talking about that in the, in the language of God's gonna, or I know He will, I'm waiting on Him to do it. You're operating in hope, which is wonderful. But hope won't get you there. You have to go from hope to faith. You have to convert your hope into faith. And really, God told me recently, it's a short walk. It's a short walk from hope to faith. It's not a long road. It's a short walk from hope to faith. Hope says, I'll have it sometime. Faith says, I have it now. See, it's a short walk. God's going to heal me sometime. What's he waiting on? Religion loves to jump on that question and add statements that are not biblical. What's he waiting on? He's waiting on you to learn the lesson. He's waiting on you to make you more pious. Don't let, don't let religion add stuff that's not in there. Your healing was bought and paid for and is a Bible fact more than 2,000 years ago. Really, God has done everything He's going to do about healing you. You've got to learn God moves in turn. Healing wouldn't be available if it, because we were under the weight of the curse of sin and death. So healing had to be bought, had to be paid for. Well, when Jesus put his, strapped himself to the whipping post and let those Roman soldiers, when he could have called at any moment for a legion of angels, but he didn't. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 that he went like a lamb to the slaughter and he opened not his mouth. And they waylaid him 39 times. And the Bible says that by those stripes you were healed. He bought it. He paid for it. He was raised from the dead and he took his precious blood and he put it on the mercy seat, eternally paying and sealing for your redemption with all of its benefits. And all of those benefits were immediately given to all of the family of God in the form of a promise. That was God's turn. Now it's your turn. Now it's my turn. We have to get away from this idea that God is going to do it all. God, it's not God's job to do it all. You know, God is a perfect gentleman. And He, he is not going to force healing on anyone. He's not going to force prosperity on anyone. He won't. The promises of God must be received. 
And that is what we call faith. And that's our part. So when we move into Bible faith, then it's God's turn again. And that is to fulfill that promise in the one who put faith in it. So healing, for example, in the form of a promise has been added to every child of God's account. But he only fulfills it in the life of the individual when that individual mixes their faith with that. Are you with me? God moves in turn. Amen. But we're looking at Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is. It is. Well, what is it? Now faith is the substance, the King James says. The Amplified says the assurance. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. You see, faith is what you do and faith is what you have when you don't see. Faith has everything to do with that which is not seen and that which is not yet. Right? So when the thing you're believing for shows up, faith ends. You're not still in faith about healing. Because now it's registered in this material world. Dr. Dufresne used to trick us with this question, do you believe you're sitting in a gray chair? And everybody goes, yeah, but you're not. You, you can't. You cannot believe you're sitting in a gray chair. You know you are. You see you are. You feel you are. You can't believe them. Because it's in the realm of the senses. So faith is what you do and faith is what you have when you don't see, when you don't feel, when your body feels bad, believing you are healed, that's what you do. When you, that's what you have when you don't see and when you don't feel. Are you with me? Faith is a substance. See, I'm addicted to a substance. I, 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 subs, I'm Substance abuse. You, you can't abuse this substance, though. Faith is a substance. Faith is a substance of what? Things hoped for. Well, hoped for. What do I, what do I hope for? Something I don't see. Something that's not yet. Right? Hallelujah. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things hoped for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. And I love how the Amplified ends this verse 1. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. See, faith to faith... Being healed is a real fact, even when that healing is not revealed to the senses. So faith is like your sixth sense. 
right? Yeah. I don't know if this, I hope it'll help you. That's why I'll spend a little time on it. You know, every, we have like the sense of sight mm -hmm. and the sense of hearing. Yeah. You're grateful for both, right? Yes. But you know, everything, if, if eyes were a person and they wanted to tell their story, everything that my eye is taking in and wants to talk about, Jeff's cool sport coat with the black tie, black glasses looking sharp. Well, if I tell my buddy hearing what the eye takes in about Brother Jeff, my hearing, buddy hearing might go, no, that's not right. I, I, I can't, no, I, to me, it's, that's not true. That's not right. That's impossible. Because everything that sight wants to talk about is undetected to the sense of hearing. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. But then you go out in a meadow and you lie down on green grass and you got like we did, you know, you got this forest around and your your ears are filled with the breeze and the rustling of the trees and and oh, buddy hearing wants to talk about everything that is taking in and what will sight say? Yeah. Means nothing to me. This is zero to me. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah. What is touch to hearing? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. So for Buddy Touch to communicate to hearing, hearing would have to receive that by faith. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you, God has given you and I a sixth sense. Yeah. The spiritual ability to lay hold of the reality of the unseen promise of God and have it now. Have it now and testify and talk and tell even when sight goes, no, no. And when feeling goes, no, no. And when hearing goes, I can't tell it. Faith goes, I have it. It's real. Just trust me. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I have it now. But the, the physical sense of feeling, of physical feeling will not be satisfied with that. It would just have to take faith's word for it. Faith is your sixth sense. Faith perceives as a real fact what is not revealed presently to the senses. Come on, are you with me? Hallelujah. A couple other translations of this first verse. One translation, Young's Literal says, Faith is of things hoped for a confidence. Of matters not seen, conviction. I want you to get some words here real quick, okay? We're doing great on time. Y'all with me? Yes. What is faith? Faith is assurance. We, we saw that. We're going to get into that in a moment. Faith is assurance. Faith is confidence. Faith is confidence of something you can't see. We also have seen already in translations that to have faith, the God kind of faith, is to have a conviction. Don't you have an inward conviction that heaven's a real place and you're going there someday? Well, what, what physical evidence of the senses do you have to testify that fact? None. But you know it. You believe it. It's a conviction you have. That's what faith is. To have faith is to be assured. See, when you get over into living by faith, faith will make you stable. Yeah. 
Don't you want to be stable? Have you ever met any unstable people? <laughs> Faith will make you stable. Through the winds of life and circumstances, the ups, the downs, the different situations, when you have faith in see, God never changes. And His Word never changes. And that's what I'm looking at every day. And so it makes me stable. I have an assurance. Amen. The New Life Version says this. Now faith is, I love this, it's so simple. Faith is being sure. I can't say it much simpler than that. What is faith? Being sure. See, if you're sure, you're stable. But how many people, I hear people all the time, I'll be sweet about it, but they're saying, Pastor, I'm believing. Pastor, I'm, I'm believing, I'm believing. And this is one of the most common phrases. I'm believing, 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 I'm believing, 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 I'm believing. And then I ask them a simple question. What scripture are you standing on? And they go, um, um, um. Well, you had talked about in a sermon two or three weeks ago about this scripture. It says, by his stripes, I... You're, you're, you're sweet, but you're, you're, you haven't got it yet. See, some faith has everything to do with what God says. And if you say, I'm believing, that means you've been fellowshipping around what God says about that. And you could spit it out. You know it. But you know, you, you see, I've been there. I've been that person. Under pressure, and what do people under pressure? If they're in doubt, they're not in full. They're not sure, right? They're not sure. Pastor, should I have this surgery? I don't know if I should have this surgery. I don't know. Uh, the doctor said this and that, but I'm believing. Uh, honey, honey, you're not believing because listen to these descriptions: assurance, confidence. I'm sure. This is why I say, if you're in faith, faith has no questions. Faith would never ask me, Pastor, do you think I ought to have that procedure? This is why I always tell people that ask me, you should have the procedure. Well, I don't want to have the procedure. I want my faith to get it. Well, I hear you. I hear you. But you're not there. And people die. People leave early. They have... Big physical issues. They're maybe overweight, high blood pressure, sleep apnea, all kinds of different physical conditions, and they ignore them. And they call that faith. Ignoring a symptom in a physical condition, hoping God's going to take care of it, wanting God to take care of it, is not faith, hon. And in that what the what wisdom was, would do is get your heart Get your blood pressure under control. The point is get help. And so many of you are so precious, but I, and I've been there with you and I'll, I'll continue to, I'm not perfect in these things either, but people get so, are so quick to condemn themselves because their measure of faith has not produced the result they want it to produce. Well, you're just not there yet. You can get there. You just have to keep feeding on God's Word and talking to God and meditating on His Word and getting revelation from God 
Amen? And your faith will grow, and there'll come a place where God might say, you can, take, you can get off that blood pressure medication now. Pastor Nancy Dufresne, you know, was dealing with a very intense back situation one time. And she just suffered, suffered, suffered. God finally told her, listen, take the medication. We said, I, she said something about her faith. You know, I want, my, I want to walk by faith. She said, he, he said, your faith is not there for this. You take the medication. Follow the doctor's instruction. And keep feeding your faith. Keep feeding your faith. And I will tell you when you can come off. And I'm guessing, I think it was about six months later, she'd been faithfully feeding on the Word of God. And all of a sudden, God says, you can come off that medicine now. Now we're talking about a great woman of faith, a mighty woman of faith. But listen, if you die ignoring physical conditions... Not being skillfully wise, throwing it off on faith that really isn't faith, and you die, well, how are you going to help me with the vision? What's your family going to do? If you lose your body, you're done. You, you get to go to heaven, but you cannot be down here to fulfill the plan of God. And if your measure of faith for healing is not getting that accomplished, then get yourself every natural, physical, medical remedy available. But keep feeding your faith. And let me tell you again, don't beat yourself up about going that route. The important thing is stay here and fulfill the will of God. Stay here and help your pastor accomplish the vision. Stay here and be a blessing to your family. I don't want to bury you before your time. I've gone to the doctor. I've had no, no, con- if, I need, if I need to go to the doctor, I will. Doctors are gifts from God. They're the mercy of God. How many Christians, because they don't walk by faith, would have died without the doctor? And God might tell you. Now, if God tells you to go to the doctor and you say, no, I'm going to stand on the word, you're, re- you're going to die probably. Because the Spirit of God told you to do something and you're trying to override it. That's not going to work. Amen. Faith is a conviction of what you can't see. And when you get convicted about what God said and you're assured about it, you're confident about it, you're, um, did I say sure? You're, sh- you're sure. Now you're in faith. Now you're in faith. Amen? It's a very simple way to, to kind of describe it, right? So you got unpaid bills and on. Uh, are you sure? Are you sure that my God shall so the money will be here on time? Are you sure? You're not sure if you're walking the floor at night. If you're in faith, you're resting. You're at rest. Let's go to one more place today. Because there's another place over here that's another word. We've got to get this word in. What are we doing? We're trying to get a handle. We're we're not trying. We are. We're getting a handle on what faith is. Romans chapter 4. 
Romans chapter 4. Now, Romans chapter 4 is a hallmark. It is a big, big chapter for those that want to know what faith is and to live by faith. Romans chapter 4, much of it holds up Abraham. Abraham is held up to Christians as the preeminent example of someone who lived by faith. He's actually called the father of faith. And in Christ, we are all Abraham's children. And so back in Isaiah, it says that we are to look unto the rock from which we were cut out. Look unto Sarah, the cloth from which we were cut. So we were cut out of the rock of Abraham. And Abraham was a faith man. I said Abraham was a faith man. And so speaking of Abraham, let's just pick this up in verse 13. We'll be done for today. So in verse 13, reading from there, it says, For the promise that he, Abraham, would be the heir of the world. Y'all ever, y'all ever stop and think you just read past that? How... How favored is Abraham? Earth belongs to him. He's the heir of the world. Thank God we're connected to him. So now we know, when did, how did he become the heir of the world? Well, when God said, oh, that's big. When God said to him, Amen. I have made you the father of many nations. When God said it to him at that moment, he is that because God said it. Now, when God said it, he didn't have any kids. None. Old man. Old woman. No kids. So for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promises or the promise made of none effect. Because the law works wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. There's that, those words we've been looking at. To the end the promise might be sure or guaranteed to all the seed. Not only to those which are of the law, but to those also, this is you and me, which are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he, Abraham, believed, even God, who quickens the dead, we're singing about this, right? And calls those things which be not as though they were, We'll have to come back to that in a future session. Who against hope believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations according to what? Not according to what his doctor said he could do. According to that which was spoken. I know my needs, I know my bills are paid according to that which has been spoken. So shall thy seed be. Now, here we're getting to it. And being not weak in faith. I don't want to be weak in faith. Well, notice one characteristic that made him not weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. Don't ask your body if it's healed. 
It'll tell you the wrong thing. Don't ask your bill table if you're prosperous. It'll tell you the wrong thing. You look at what God said about it. Abraham, see, if you start considering your body, it will weaken your faith. Well, I still have this pain. I've been quoting this scripture for two weeks. It's not any better. Well, you're considering your body. You're weakening your faith. Don't do that. Amen? Praise God. So, ah, there it is. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, even when he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not. This word staggers the same word for waver. To vacillate. You ever caught yourself wavering? Vacillating? Is this the picture of someone who's sure? Well, then you'd have to be humble and say, I'm not in faith right now. Because I'm, I'm wavering. Well, you know, I thought I was in faith, but maybe it's not working. I wonder what I did wrong. I wonder what I did to tick God off. You know, you're, you're vacillating. That's not faith. Amen. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Singing about that this morning, right? You want to give glory to God? Be strong in faith. That glorifies Him. That honors our Father when we're strong in faith. Now, here we are, verse 21. And being fully persuaded. This is our task today. What is faith? Tell me. Being fully persuaded. Assured is a great word. Being fully persuaded. So what is faith? Persuasion. I'm convinced. I don't care what a doctor tells me. I cannot be talked out of it. By his stripes, I am healed. I don't care how much pressure I feel on my finances. My God supplies all my need. I don't care how weak I feel in my body. The Lord is the strength of my life. He is my portion forever. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't care how many weapons have been formed against me. They won't prosper. Why? Because that's what God said. And I'm convinced. That's why you better not mess with me or anyone in faith. Because that's not going to work out well for you. Amen. Don't become the weapon formed against me because it won't prosper. Dr. Dufresne used to say, don't ever become a yoke to your pastor because the anointing breaks the yoke. <laughs> I like that a lot. Don't become a yoke to your pastor because the anointing breaks the yoke. Hallelujah. Oh, but do you see this word? What is faith? Come on, I want to go eat chili. What is faith? Well, I'm partially persuaded. I'm almost convinced. No, I'm fully, I'm fully, I'm fully, I'm fully persuaded. I'm fully persuaded. 
Webster's 1828 dictionary of the word assurance means, uh, let me see, he calls it firm persuasion, full confidence or trust, freedom from doubt. The, having the utmost certainty. He, he defines the word assurance like this. Firmness of mind. Undoubting steadiness. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Firm persuasion. Full confidence. Freedom from doubt. Having the utmost certainty. Firmness of mind, undoubting steadiness. You know what God said about your body tomorrow is what God said about it today. Yeah, that's right. And what God says about your body two weeks from now Amen. is going to be what it says today. He defines the word persuasion very simply. To be persuaded, according to Webster, is it's the state of being settled. I'm in the state of being settled. You know, faith people come in, real faith people that come into church, and all hell has broken loose in their life. And as far as the congregation could tell, everything is rosy and fine. And it's not a fake thing. And it's not I'm trying to hide anything from you. I'm not trying to put on faith airs. I'm settled. Yeah, I'm in the storm. But I've seen the other side of the storm. Yeah, I'm going through a test. But my faith has already, I've already settled it. I know how it's going to turn out. So I'm not going to wait until the money shows up to be happy. I'm not going to wait till the doctor says I'm cancer-free to rejoice. Because I've got faith. I'm persuaded. I'm convinced. I'm settled. Woo! What a way to live. Right? What a way to live in these last days. You want to stand out? Live settled. In a world full of confusion. And people don't even know if they're a boy or a girl. You know, and yet you're so steady. And you're just so settled. And you're just so steadfast. And it's always the same. Amen. I hope you'll come back next week because we're going to begin talking about how to get this way. How do I get settled? How do I get fully persuaded? Amen. Because if you are not that way, we need to learn how to get that way. <laughs> and I don't want to leave you hanging. It's faith comes by hearing. But so... But I don't, I, the, we don't want the chili to get cold, right? Stand up on your feet this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a way to live. Praise God.